athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Once again, thank you for joining me on another edition of From the Press Box to Press Row. We got a whole lot to get to today in the program. It has been an extremely hot summer. We're about, it's about midway through the summer. Extremely hot. And, uh, you know, we still think, of course, about the events that have taken place over the last couple of weeks here in the nation. We, of course, continue to mourn the loss of Philando Castile and Alton Sterling. I mean, obviously, it's been very, very, very tough week for the family members of those two gentlemen we continue to mourn the lives of the five police officers who were killed in dallas on last week as well we just continue to mourn those and those losses um we continue to heal really as a nation and i think on tuesday uh president obama as he spoke at the memorial for the five uh, police officers that were killed in Dallas. Uh, I, I, you know, a lot of times you 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 can kind of take excerpts from 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 speeches, interviews, etc. But I watched that speech in its entirety live, and it's 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 different when you you know maybe go back and somebody has said what was said, and then maybe you go back and watch the whole thing, or you watch parts of it, or highlights from it i watched it live in its entirety and i mean i gotta say i mean i haven't been on this earth uh, 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 a very long time and as a matter of fact you know uh not to get off subject but certainly in my lifetime and i was born in 1974 i haven't had to to face the racial discrimination that um that uh those of my father's generation had to face and certainly those of my grandfather's generation and great grandfather's generation and and going back to slavery and the list goes on and on. So I haven't had to face those. Um, and I haven't been on this earth long enough to hear, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, maybe a lot of speeches. Uh, there's been some great speeches obviously, uh, throughout history, but I'm going to tell you what, what president Obama had to say really spoke to, all of us. I mean, you know, it, it, it was definitely about um, the remembrance of those five police officers who were gunned down. It was it was about that. But within the context of that speech, he did not forget about Philando Castile. He did not forget about Alton Sterling, whose lives were were I mean, we're at a place where we're where the memorials for the police 
But those two gentlemen, their lives were taken at the hands of a police for no reason. Um, so he 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 was able to convey that. He also mentioned a lot of things that we really need to think about because where we are uh, in terms of um, in race relations and you know uh, you know I, I don't know that people who aren't of color, particularly uh, black folks and even more specifically black men, I, I don't know that others understand our plight and what we have to deal with uh, on a daily basis, the racism. And I think sometimes it's dismissed, um, but but it's real. Believe me, it's real out here. And while I may not have experienced um, some of the racism that uh, that others have faced, and certainly, as I mentioned, my father's generation, grandfather's generation, uh, mother, grandmother's generation, et cetera, um, wow, you know, you experience it now in 2016 on a much different level. And believe me, it's real. It is definitely real. Um, so, you know, to those that don't think it's it's in existence or it's not real, you you have to put yourselves in the shoes of those. And obviously you can't, but you, you have to put yourself in the mind frame um, of those who of color that experienced this. I mean, we experienced this, um, you know, racial profiling. Um, I mean, it, it is real, um, but we continue to kind of try to heal, if you will, as a nation. And uh, certainly um, we, uh, we mourn the lives of all of those that uh, have been lost, especially last week. And then, you know, you can go back uh, so many years and, you know, let, let's, let's be honest about this. I mean, it, you know, it was a time when, um, you know, we as black folks were lynched. I mean, I can remember, uh, you know, uh, Black Wall Street. I think the, the 75 year anniversary of Black uh, Wall Street was I believe it was June from May 31st or June 1st when um, Tulsa, Oklahoma was r- basically the, the black community was ripped to sh- uh, to shreds um, from aerial attacks, ground attacks, et cetera, um, people lynched so you know you know we have come a long way i don't i don't you know we've come a long way since then but we still have a long way to go so uh, you know we have put and and it's a couple things we want to get to today on the program um any thoughts you may have and i had a chance to speak about it on last week uh in terms of the slayings of 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 uh, of alton sterling and uh philando castile and the five police officers in Dallas um, want to get your thoughts on on what has transpired, what has transpired since then. How uh, you know? How do we move forward? And of course, you can hit us up via Twitter at Box to Row B O X T O R O W or on Facebook B O X the number two R O W. So that's one topic of conversation today. Here on from the press box to press row. Um, let, let me set the table in terms of the guests, and then we'll uh, talk about some of the other topics that we're going to talk about. Um, and um, John Schneider, who played the role of Bo Duke, he also plays currently the role of, of course, Bo Duke in the Dukes, Dukes of Hazard, and then of course he currently plays the role of Jim Cryer in the Haves and the Have Nots. He's going to join us today. Here on From the Press Box to Press Row, very much looking forward to that. But I was a huge fan of uh, of the Dukes of Hazards, huge fan. 
of the Dukes of Hazard. So looking forward to talking to actor and singer, by the way, John Schneider today here on the program. Also, Brittany Lang. She won the U.S. Women's Open uh, last Sunday. Some controversy there. Uh, She's going to join us today on the program. It is her first major win. It is her second win on the LPGA Tour. And so Brittany Lang, winner of your 2006 U.S. Women's Open, also going to join us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Our HBCU Legend Series continues today here on the program. Pro Football Hall of Famer. One of the greatest pass rushers of all time. Richard Dent played his collegiate football at Tennessee State. He's also going to join us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Plus some other topics of conversation. Tim Duncan retires after 19 years in the NBA. Is Tim Duncan, where do you rank Tim Duncan in terms of the all-time greatest players to have ever played the game? Number two, is he the greatest power forward? Excuse me, is he the greatest power forward to have ever played the game? Want to get your thoughts on that as well. Plus, on a little bit of a lighter note, we had the Hip Hop Awards on VH1 on Monday where the honorees were Lil' Kim, uh, Salt and Pepper, Missy Elliott, uh, and uh, Queen Latifah. But where... Was MC Light? Why was MC Light not honored? And this was the Hip Hop Awards, and uh, you know, I, I, you know, if you have any thoughts on that as well, because I watched that whole thing. It was great, a lot of great performances, great tributes. Um, but the the whole time, I'm wondering, well, where in the world is MC Light? Is one of the greatest MCs, and you can put in parentheses, female, one of the greatest female parentheses MCs of all time why was she not up there so on a lighter note if you want to talk about that as well feel free your participation again always warranted on the program want to hear from you about those topics or anything else that's on your mind again Brittany Lang gonna join us the winner of the 2016 U.S. Women's Open actor singer John Schneider plus Richard Dent gonna join us on today's program Hit us up via Twitter at box to row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. Let's go to Facebook where Chuck, who listens to us on ESPN 97.7 out of Ruston in the Monroe, northern uh, Louisiana area, and uh, he says, uh, you did a moving intro after what happened in my home state, which is Louisiana, with the killing of Alton Sterling of Baton Rouge by police. I am from Monroe, which is at the top of the state in northeast Louisiana, which is close to Arkansas. Baton Rouge is at the bottom of the state in southeastern Louisiana, which is the capital city and closer to New Orleans. Then Philando Castile of St. Paul, Minnesota, was killed by police as well. Five cops were killed and others injured in Dallas, Texas. This is an indication that the country is in an uproar. Marvin Gaye's 1970 song, Make You Wanna Holler, still stands today. We must stay vigilant by saying enough is enough. This is the reason why I want to commend you. You do sports, but you cover non-sports news as well. I love your show and guests. You not only interview sports figures, but other known figures who are not sports people. I appreciate that, Chuck. And um, appreciate you listening to us, of course, on ESPN 97.7. You can be like Chuck and give your comment 
Hit us up via Twitter at BoxToRo, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two R-O-W. Up next, actor John Schneider. Men, you know there are a couple of myths that should be cleared away from your belief system. The first myth, women only look for tall, virile, handsome guys with money. The truth is, most women look for guys who know how to get results and save money, too. The second myth, you have to buy expensive drugs to regain your love life or defeat erectile dysfunction. The truth is, there is a product on the market made of seven herbs. It's all natural, costs less than $40, and helps 96% of men who try it regain erections that last, and many guys swear their 20s have returned. Alpha RX Plus works to defeat erectile dysfunction, has no reported side effects, and comes with a money-back guarantee. If you want to defeat erectile dysfunction and save money doing it, Alpha RX Plus should be a part of your belief system. Try Alpha RX Plus and then tell us what you think. AlphaRxPlus.com or call 800-860-1938. Alpha RX Plus. A Budweiser, America, and Florida Georgia Line. I still remember our first big show, Budweiser's in the Air. And hearing the crowd sing our song. That's when it really feels like America is in our hands. And when I'm holding a nice cold Budweiser that says America on the front. (laughs) That too. Cheers. This Bud's for you. Enjoy responsibly. Budweiser beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. On last week's From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. John Leguizamo. Now, John, are you a big sports fan? Yeah, yeah, big, Nick. Nick, Mets, and Jets. Knicks, Mets, and Jets. Okay. It's been sad to me, except for the Mets. The Mets have been doing well. The Knicks, and especially with, you know, Derrick Rose now joining the fray. And Noah. And Noah. And Noah. Noah is, you know, they're, they're both a little, I hate to say a little past their prime, but, but you know, they're a little injured. But they are great players, man. If he can revitalize and, and be something, the force of nature, I mean, it's going to help us a, a, a lot. From the press box to press row is one of the hottest sports talk shows in the country. Joey Donald each week as he takes you on a journey through the world of HBCU sports and pro sports and interviews with top sports and entertainment figures. That's from the press box to press row each week on your favorite station. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. This segment of From the Press Box to Press Row is brought to you by Alpha RX Plus. Alpha RX Plus is all natural. You heard the commercial in the last segment. It has a 96% success rate in ending erectile dysfunction. And for box to row customers only, get 10% off when you purchase Alpha RX Plus. Go to alpharxplus.com, enter box to row, B O X, the number two R O W, as the coupon. You've tried the rest. Now try the best. Alpha RX Plus has a 96% success rate in ending erectile dysfunction. For more information and to get the 10% off coupon, log on to alpharxplus.com. When you check out, use the code box to row 
B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. Just another day living in the hood. Just another day around the way. Big shots out to my old hood. Those in Silver Spring, Maryland, more specifically in White Oak. And, of course, Fairland Ridge. Listening to us on WHUR 96.3 HD2 in Washington. Maybe you're in Daytona Beach listening to us on WELE. What about in Orangeburg, South Carolina, listening to us on WSSB? How about those in the Big Easy listening to us on K75? Wherever you may be, thank you for making From the Press Box to Press Row a part of your day. I'm feeling pretty good today, as a matter of fact. And John Schneider, actor and singer John Schneider, going to join us in this segment in a couple of moments, as a matter of fact, here on From the Press Box to Press Row. When I think about some of the all-time greatest power forwards, I think I got to put Tim Duncan at the top of the list. I mean, I think about Kevin McHale. I think about, of course, Carl Malone. Um... Boy, I tell you what, and and this is without really looking at the numbers to compare some of the all-time greats. I mean, I just, you know, he was known as the big fundamental for a reason. I mean, you talk about, I mean, he perfected the bank shot uh, from all kinds of angles 15 feet out. You know, he was an old-school type of player when when there was more um, of a skill level in basketball as opposed to it being more above the rim. Not and also obviously the five NBA championships. I mean, you you could have looked at his career. I think his, it was his second year in the league when San Antonio won the NBA championship. We got to remember San Antonio was down in the dumps um, because David Robinson was out for yeah, I think with injury, and I think it may have even been the year that one of Dominique Wilkins last year, and he was putting up a bunch of numbers, and then. They were so bad, meaning San Antonio, they were able to draft Tim Duncan number one. Two years later, he and David Robinson lead San Antonio to the NBA championship. And, you know, it it could have it could have been over from there. You could have said, well, it was, you know, it was it was the tutelage of David Robinson. Um, but give Tim Duncan, and that's why I say he's the greatest power forward of all time. And and I think one of the top 10 players of all time because even after that, and of course you got, you know, Ginobili and uh, Tony Parker, but um, Tim Duncan still able to get it done even without David Robinson and, uh, you know, just not a lot of fanfare with him. And, you know, if it's me, I mean, I think part, one of the reasons you, you know, if you're a player, don't you, I mean, it's okay to want to, not do things for the fanfare and all of that, but isn't that part of it? Like, don't you want to be celebrated? You know, like Kobe Bryant was. I mean, it was sort of, uh, it's sort of. Uh, I don't want to call it ridiculous, but in a in a in a way, it was with all of the celebration with Kobe Bryant, and then he, um, then just an abysmal season for the Lakers. But of course, he went out on top in his very last game um, with the win, and I forget how many, but with forty points or whatever it was. Um, but isn't don't you want to be celebrated? And kudos to Tim Duncan. If that's not his thing, then so be it. He played his career, he played ball throughout his career in a different kind of manner 
And uh, in my opinion, he's the greatest power forward of all time. Your thoughts, hit me up via Twitter. Again, BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. All right, for our next guest here on From the Press Box to Press Row, let's do this. Just a good old boy, never meaning no harm. As we continue here on From the Press Box to Press Row, we have one of the, uh, I'll tell you what, one of the, the iconic stars in TV of the 1980s. And uh, by the way, he's doing so many other things. Uh, you can remember him, of course, as Bo Duke on the Dukes of Hazard, Jonathan Kent on Smallville, Jim Cryer currently in the haves and the have-nots. His first movie, of course, you can go to CineflixDOD.com to check it out, CineflixDOD.com. The movie is called Like Sun. It's, uh, of course, we're joined by John Snyder here on From the Press Box to Press Row. John, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you. Thank you. What a nice introduction. Thank you very much. Yes, I, pr- I appreciate it because, listen. Yeah, Jim Cryer. Jim Cryer. How about that? What a... What a great role that is! Holy mackerel! <laughs> Listen, I watch it I'm with enjoying. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Woo. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm enjoying being. Well, I used to think I was the bad guy, but now you know Veronica and every everybody's just as bad as me now. I'm not sure who the bad guy is anymore. <laughs> I don't know who the good guy is. <laughs> I, you know, my my wife. I, I sit and watch it with my wife each week. It's a great role. I mean, you're a great actor. Let. Even before we, we, we talk about it, and of course, we want to talk about your film, which, of course, streams this Friday. Yep. Um, a huge Dukes of Hazard fan. Okay, huge. And what I didn't realize is that what you started this role at the age of 18 or 19, right? I was 18, yeah. 18 years old. But I had already been doing uh, theater for 10 years by the time I was 18. So... Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. I've been I've been at this a long time, <laughs> long time. And I'm a first t- play I did was yeah. in 1968. Sure, 1968. Hard to believe. You know, and in the interesting yeah. thing thing about it, John. I mean, I you know as, as big a fan as I was, and and I didn't necessarily watch Smallville, but in doing the research, tell us how your music is coming along. You're you're a big time uh, music star, country music star. Well. I did. I, I uh, that was that was a while ago. I did a I did a lot of music. Had uh, actually had four number one songs uh, in the in the country music area. Uh, had had some hits while I was doing Dukes, but you know what? What I've done with that is I've taken my my love for music and I put that into these movies that we make. So the place the place now to hear if you were a uh, a fan of my music, and I'm, I'm, I'm delighted to hear people mention the music at all anymore. But if you're a fan of my music, then you will, uh, I really think you will love the way music plays a integral part of all the movies that we make. Uh, for example, Like Sun takes place in rural Louisiana, so we've got some, we've got some very, very swampy tunes in this particular movie and some, some wonderful music specifically designed to make you feel something. And when I was doing music, I, I really chose music that made you feel something, stories that, uh, that hopefully made you think or tugged on your heartstrings or what have you, and uh, I've incorporated that into the filmmaking process. So that's really where my music, my music lives now in, uh, 
in the background of the movies that we make here at John Schneider Studios. That the voice of John Schneider. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. You can follow him on Twitter at Studio Schneider. His new film, Like Sun, uh, Like Sun the Movie dot com. Um, so, so John, tell yeah. us a little bit about uh, about the movie. Well, the movie is a crime drama, psychological crime drama. It takes place in the swamps of Louisiana, right here where the studio is, and it's a, it's a story about a father and son in law enforcement who both suspect the other one for a series of very very grisly murders that are happening in uh, in this little town uh, so if you if you go back to the times of uh, Macon County line and and uh, movies like that uh, it's it's I tell you what the most the most recent thing it'll feel like is true detective feels like that okay so it's uh, it's great. The star of it is Don Shanks, who was Michael Myers uh, on uh, Halloween. He was also back in back in my day. I, I love to give opportunity to to television actors. He was a fantastic character named Nakoma in Grizzly Adams. So he's been around a long time. He knows exactly what he's doing, and, and uh, he delivers a performance in Like Son that I would put up against any Clint Eastwood movie ever. Wow. So I'm I'm very excited about what Don did. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's terrific. It'll keep you guessing. It's a it's a puzzle worth putting together. If you're a fan of uh, True Detective or if you're a, you're a fan of any of the CSI shows, then I think you're going to really 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 love this movie. But it is very very gritty. It takes place in a in a interesting part of the world. There's there's no more interesting part of the country, as far as I'm concerned, than the swamps of Louisiana. And some stuff goes down in the swamps of Louisiana that would make the crier's head spin. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I, I, I was a huge fan of, I know it's a little bit different, I was a huge fan of swamp people uh, also. I know <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, then you know. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it's a different part of the world. So we filmed it all here, all on location in Louisiana. <clears throat> And it feels like it. You know, there are, there are gators over there in those weeds. There are snakes over there in those weeds. And some of those snakes are people. So uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a fascinating look at, at crime in, uh, in this day and age. And uh, I'm, I guarantee you haven't seen anything like it. And like I said, I'd put it up against any, any crime movie you've, you've ever seen, honestly. I'm very proud of it. No, it sounds, so you can get it at Like Sun, Like Sun the right. Movie. Dot com. Sign up for it, and uh, it'll be available for you to watch anytime after eight o'clock central. Uh, make a movie night. That's what I'm trying. I'm trying to bring back movie night. Okay. Where when I was a kid, we went to the movies once a week. We went bowling once a week, and of course, when you were a kid, everybody watched Dukes of Hazard once a week. Right. <laughs> I'm trying to bring back movie night and uh, trying to use the latest technology to do that and. The proof will be in the pudding, and we'll see how it works. LikeSunTheMovie.com is the website with the one and only John Schneider, who joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. John, great to catch up with you. Continued success in all you do. Thank you so much. You got it, John. We're back after this small pause for the cause. This is From the Press Box to Press Row. 
The following is a message from the Bud Light Party. Making a contribution to the Bud Light Party is the best decision you're going to make this year. Why? Because for every contribution, we'll give you a Bud Light. This summer, we'll be at bars and venues across the country, taking contributions and giving back with fun and Bud Light. Join the Bud Light Party on the campaign trail this summer. It's a party we can all agree on. This message approved by the Bud Light Party. Raise one to right now. Enjoy responsibly. Bud Light Beer, AB, St. Louis, Missouri. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That the voice of Ronda Rousey. It was something that I specifically asked for, not just because I wanted to fight for the Brazilian people, also that I really can't stand this chick, and I would rather beat her in her home country on her own turf so that she knew that she lost with every single possible advantage she could have. That's the voice of Michael Strahan talking with us about his college playing days at Texas Southern. You know, a lot of guys were probably out there partying and in some cases chasing behind the girls. I was working out because I didn't see Texas Southern as being like my stop. That was part of my journey until where I wanted to go. Kevin Hart joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Room. Now, are you going to return to New Orleans for the NBA Celebrity Game to defend your MVP crown? Of course I am, man. I'm trying to three-peat. Right now, I'm a two-time celebrity all-star game MVP. If I can get a three, a three-peat, I'm retiring from the game of basketball. I would have done what no man can do. Adrian Peterson. We're strong enough. He built us to be strong enough to endure that. That's powerful. It is. Like, that's powerful. That's how easy to put things in perspective and know that, hey, you know, tough times don't come. But if you trust in God, believe in God, he's going to get you through it. Mike Krzyzewski or Coach K, you know, there was an article that came out with the headline stating NBA needs to pull stars from USA Basketball, which is showcasing only Duke's coach. To me, it's absurd because before USA Basketball, Coach K was on the map and winning national championships. However, how do you respond to that? Well, I don't think you have to respond to it because something that comes way out of left field, it's apparent that we don't need... USA Basketball to help our program. I've won three national championships before being the USA coach and went to numerous Final Fours and had number one recruiting classes. I think the response from everybody has been, you know, come on. That the voice, of course, of T.I. and some hard times down in the ATL, though, T.I. Yeah, and that is understood. It wouldn't be the first. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be the first, nor the worst. No, nah, no question. I'm, I'm still I'm still down with the skins, man. What can I say? They're, they're not doing too well right now. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? We gotta, hey, 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 look, man, we gotta, we gotta hold it down so we can, so we can get it back right again. <laughs> we're joined by Serena Williams. You were in Sports Illustrated's swimsuit issue a couple of years ago. You feel like you're a sex symbol? <laughs> I'm just Serena, and that's all I can be. And whatever people think is. I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm all, I feel honored that they might feel that way, though. Maybe the greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. Mm-hmm. All, all the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me, play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Snoop, you football league has done so many wonders for myself, and not only me, but the kids and the volunteers and the parents and the people that have been associated with it. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have gone to Division One. The face of women's soccer in the U.S. is Alex Morgan. Phenomenal moment. The semifinal game against Canada where you scored in the extra time. 
everyone's thinking, Abby's going to get to that. And, you know, it kind of fell directly to, to me into my head, and it was definitely the biggest goal of my career. Jim Caldwell in his first season as the head coach of the Detroit Lions. If a coach is named a coach in waiting, the next year he becomes that head coach. He goes 14-2, and two, his team goes to the Super Bowl. The next year he goes 10-6, and six, his uh, team goes to the playoffs. And then because of a 2-14 and 14 record, but part of that record is because certainly one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time misses the entire season. After the end of that season, the coach is fired. Is that fair to that coach? <laughs> well, you know, in this business it is. <laughs> because um, that's the thing that I think most people that are in it and understand it. It's what have you done for me lately. At that particular year, we didn't win enough games, plain and simple. He's the one and only Darius Rucker. I love sports. I love all sports. I watch them all. I'm into the World Cup right now like everybody else is. But if to me, there's two times a year, the football season and waiting for football season. And right now, I'm waiting for football season. I love it. Oklahoma City Thunder forward Kevin Durant. What about the success that you've had, your maturing as an NBA player? As one of the young uh, superstars in the league. Oh, uh, yeah, well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day. We've been through a lot as a team, and I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. You know, hopefully we get to reach our goal one day. From the press box to press row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU. Sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row, real relevant radio. Welcome back to From the Press Box to Press Row. If you want to participate here on the program, hit us up via Twitter at Box to Row, B O X T O R O W, or on Facebook, B O X the number two R. O-W. In the last segment, joined by actor John Schneider here on the program. And I want to get back to the Tim Duncan situation. And by the way, the topics uh, topics of conversation are open to uh, anything you want to talk about as it relates. We, we talked about last week and this week about the events that um, happened, of course, in Baton Rouge. Uh, in St. Paul's, Minnesota, in Dallas. Um, you can talk about any of those things. Uh, uh, talked a little bit about Tim Duncan and his retirement as well. Still to come here on the program, U.S. Women's Open winner, Brittany Lang, going to join us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. That is going to take place or scheduled to take place in the next segment. And was talking a little bit about the Tim Duncan retirement and – does Tim Duncan rank, where does he rank number one in terms of the all-time greatest players, and is he the best power forward to ever play the game? And I mean, I, I you know, I think a lot of times we 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 ask these questions because, you know, certain players are are, are fresh. I mean, they're they're fresh. Tim Duncan is fresh. And, you know, maybe we don't think back to some of the other Great players. I mean, for instance, um, we can talk greatest players of all time. I think universally, Michael Jordan is recognized as the greatest player of all time. And that just shows you how great a player that Michael Jordan was because, you know, we've had great players to come along. Kobe Bryant, or since Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and um, uh, of course, LeBron James, the two that that come to mind most immediately, but we recognize generally Michael Jordan as the greatest player of all time. Um, 
you know, it, it, for me, it, you know, I, I mean, I think, you know, there's been some great power forwards to play the game. Uh, Kevin McHale, Carl um, Malone, the list goes on and on. I just think, you know, and, 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 and when you look at Tim Duncan's last year, I mean, when you look at this past season, I should say, 8.6 points per game um, is all he averaged and only 7.3 rebounds per game. He was only playing 25.2 minutes per game. And you could see over the last couple of years that the numbers started to go down um, and his role diminished. Of course, you bring in a guy like a LaMarcus Aldridge, who I, I think really had more of an underrated season and is going to be the future. This is going to still be a good San Antonio team. Will they be able to challenge Golden State? I mean, they they didn't they couldn't challenge them last year, so I don't I don't foresee them challenging them this year with now the addition of Kevin Durant to Golden State. The numbers for Tim Duncan are, are paltry, um, and so and of course I mean from this past season, I mean during the course of his career, he averaged nineteen points per game and ten point eight rebounds per game, and. Um, so, you know, and by the way, 2.2 blocks. But, you know, Bleacher Report asked a great question. I didn't read the article, but when I, when I saw it, I thought I would um, uh, chime in on it a little bit, and I want to get your thoughts. Essentially, what it said was, whose career would you take? Would you take Tim Duncan's career, or would you take Kobe Bryant's career? And, and you know, I, I, I want to speak on that in terms of the totality. You have to, you know, not just on the court, but off the court as well. I mean, when you look at both of these gentlemen, I mean, both, you know, 19 or, well, uh, you talk about Tim Duncan, 19 years with one franchise with San Antonio, San Antonio. You talk about Kobe Bryant, 20 years with one franchise with the L.A. Lakers. And you, you talk about both having five championship rings. So, you know, right there you're talking about longevity. You're talking about an equal number of championship rings. And I think really, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe San Antonio could have had, uh, you know, maybe a, a one or two more. Um, you know, it, it's kind of goes back for me to what I said before. And, you know, Tim Duncan is – you know, he played his career very quiet. I mean, if you look at the way he brought up his announcement was, man, he wasn't even at the announcement. Greg Popovich had to speak for him um, because he wasn't even there. And that's kind of the way Tim Duncan did his thing, did his business. It was in a quiet manner, um, much like the way he played the game. It wasn't, you know, he just went about and handled his business um, you know, old school type of player uh, gets it done. A quiet leader is what Tim Duncan was. And when you look at Kobe Bryant, I mean, his, you know, career, I mean, in a lot of respects, uh, imitated Michael Jordan's career in terms of not his career, but in terms of his play. Um, you know, Kobe, in a lot of respects, did a lot of the things on the basketball court that Michael Jordan did. And, I mean, just because you want to emulate someone doesn't mean it's always going to work. But I'll tell you what, for Kobe Bryant, it worked pretty good. It, it worked pretty good until, for me, right now as things stand, I would have 
um, Kobe Bryant, and, and this is open to conjecture. We, we can talk about this some other time as well. I would have Kobe Bryant right now um, as one of one of my top five players to ever play the game. And I, you know, I know, you know, again, as I talked about, some things are fresh, and a lot of that is fresh. But you know, I, I did some research on this and was talking about this a couple of months ago. But anyway, with that being said, that that that's not the topic of conversation. The topic of conversation is which career would you take, Kobe Bryant or uh, Tim Duncan? And again, Kobe Bryant, uh, five championship rings, much more um, vocal, um, more of a, a personality, I would say. Uh, and, and you can look at this last year in the league. He wanted to go out in a certain kind of way where, you know, maybe we haven't seen this with a lot of players. I mean, we didn't see this <clears throat> with Michael Jordan. When Michael Jordan retired the first time, um, it, it wasn't a lot of fanfare. It was just, you know, they won that championship, meaning um, the Bulls in 98. And Jordan was done. Of course, he ultimately came back. Uh, fortunately or unfortunately with the Wizards, but he didn't. it wasn't that kind of fanfare. I, I can remember being young and Dr. J retiring, um, and there was a lot of fanfare surrounding Dr. J's retirement. He had announced it was going to be his last year. A lot of fanfare with that. A lot of, uh, you know, a lot went along with that. I can, I can remember that. I think that was, I think his last year in the league was like around 1987 or something like that. Um, so, Kobe Bryant chose to do it a different way. Um, you know, Kobe Bryant had three back-to-back-to-back uh, back back, um, championship rings, and then uh, over a span of in, in, you know six years had passed, and then in uh, 2009 and 2010, back-to-back back rings again. He was able to do it with a couple of centers, um, one of the most dominating centers of all time the first time around in Shaquille O'Neal, and then the second time around um, with – Paul Gasol, not as dominating a center, but a very, very good center, particularly at that time when he played. And that's really that move, if you remember, when uh, the Lakers were able to get Paul Gasol is really what put the Lakers over the top. Because if you remember, Boston was that team. Boston won the championship in 2008. They were on, you know, getting ready to 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 win another championship, perhaps. Uh, the Lakers make the deal to get Paul Gasol. And now we're talking about, of course, um, the Lakers winning back-to-back championships in 2009 and 2010. You know, um, some off-the-court issues, obviously, with Kobe Bryant. Um, not so much, at least that I can remember. Again, from from Tim Duncan. Again, Duncan more of a quiet guy. Um, Kobe Bryant, uh, you know, he had uh, the, the rape allegations going back. I guess that was to 2003. Um, so he had some off the court, you know, that was the, 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 the glaring one that was, you know, so you, you have to take all of that into consideration. I mean, I, you know, I, you know, even with that, I mean, that, that, that's, you know, even though it's off the court, I think if we're having this discussion in terms of whose career overall, not just on the court, but overall who you would take between Duncan and Brian, I think that has to be in the conversation in terms of your off-the-court stuff as well. Boy, with that, I mean, this is so tough. I probably, because even after that, um, Kobe Bryant was able to um, to remake his career. Remember, all of his endorsements at that time had gone away. Uh, you know, he became much more uh, humble, I think, 
And I mean, all of that, all of the uh, uh, all of the um, endorsements and all of that went away. They began to come back. So, you know, you have to give Kobe Bryant a lot of credit for for re for uh, being able to rebrand himself and uh, get his career at least off the court back on track and just some great you know the thing about it why I would take Kobe Bryant also because it's just some memorable shots I mean he hit some game winning shots and uh, when you talk about NBA finals um, you know you could talk about the 81 points he hit you can talk about his very last game his very last game he willed that pitiful Los Angeles Lakers team to a victory with the 40 I think it was 40 points or 40 plus points so I mean you know from a uh, a more of a uh, a visible career, if you will. You know, I probably would take Kobe Bryant's career because, again, I mean, you you, you know, in, you know, if I'm playing the game and I'm playing it at that high level, I want to get the credit. I want to get a lot of the. I want to. I want to be known. I mean, that's you know, I don't know. That's that's that would just be me. I mean, I don't want to go overboard with it, but I, I you know, I, I want people to know I'm the man. You know, and that's sort of how Kobe Bryant's career was, and Tim Duncan's was much more uh, laid back. So in my estimation, or for me anyway, I would take Kobe Bryant's career over Tim Duncan's slightly. Your thoughts? Hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. We're coming back with more from the press box to press row as... Up next, we're going to be joined by U.S. Women's Open winner, Brittany Lang. The radio program that's talking sports from New York City to Cali and globally on the World Wide Web. From the press box to press row continues after this. The following is a message from the Bud Light Party. Bud Light's the beer that's fashionable all year round, before and after Labor Day. So while it might be your last chance to wear your billowy white drawstring pants, Bud Light will be ready for this weekend, the next one, and the one after that. Raise one to right now with Bud Light, the beer that's always in season. This message approved by the Bud Light Party. Raise one to right now. Enjoy responsibly. Bud Light Beer, AB, St. Louis, Missouri. Whoa, my man knows how to put the ball in the hoop. Did you see that? He's a stud, driving to the basket or putting it in from long range. Yeah, I saw it. So he's a stud, the man. We're all impressed. Bob, what's with you, man? You seem depressed. Out of it. Hey, man, I'm sorry. I'm just down. Well, boys, talk to me, man. What's bothering you? Home is bothering me. Brenda and I haven't hugged, kissed, or made love in weeks because I can't get an erection. We've been boys a long time. I'm going to share something with you. I had that same problem until a month ago. Then I heard about Alpha RX Plus and things changed big time. It brought happiness back into my bedroom, trust and respect from Felicia. How can I try this Alpha Lust? (laughs) It's Alpha RX Plus and you can learn more at AlphaRxPlus.com. It's affordable, all natural, no side effects, comes with a money back guarantee. www.AlphaRxPlus.com or 800-860-1938. Alpha RX Plus. Track down the names making news in sports from the press box to press row. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. As we continue here on from the press box to press row, on the line we have the U.S. Women's Open winner, 
Your winner, of course, is Brittany Lang as she wins at Corps de Bell as she joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Brittany, congratulations and welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Glad to have you. First of all, what did it in fact mean to you to win the U.S. Women's Open on Sunday? Oh, man. You know, it sounds kind of cliche, but it is a dream come true. As an American golfer growing up, that's always what you want to win is your nation's Open. And um, to have my family there and to get it done and to just have a performance like that and win, a, win the U.S. Open as an American means everything. Can, can you kind of speak to the mental resolve that you had? Because, I mean, you, maybe you didn't play your, your best golf, but you hit putts when you needed to hit them and ultimately led to your victory. Talk to us about the mental resolve you had throughout this tournament. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I had a game plan that I've, I've been playing really good all year, and I've been sticking to the game plan, just basic things that I've been working on physically, like set up and holding my finish and staying down and putt, simple things, but... As far as mentally, um, I was just trying to really stick with the process and really pay attention way more to my process than a leaderboard or an outcome because looking at a leaderboard and thinking about winning, that's not going to help you hit a shot when you need to. So I was really proud of myself to really be able to have full commitment and see a good picture because it's definitely not easy to do under pressure, but I did. Uh, before we even talk about Sunday and, of course, the playoff, I mean, you win it in dramatic fashion in the playoff. Your play on Saturday, I mean, you posted a, a, a low round of 68 to move into contention. Talk about your play on Saturday and how important that was. Yeah, that was huge on Saturday. Um, like I said, my game was so good, and I loved my preparation at Cordoball, and I was just really excited because my game was solid. I loved my preparation. I felt like I had a good feel for the course. I played great Thursday. Friday played really tough in the afternoon. And then I knew I'd have to post a low number to get it get back into the mix. And I, to be honest with you, I didn't really think four under was like a crazy good round like it was. I thought it was a good round. But once I saw all the scores, you know, everybody's like, wow, what a great round. I was like, wow, I guess it really was a good round. And I was so thankful to get back up there in the mix. Yeah, no, it's a great point because, I mean, midway through the Open, you're down seven strokes. What, what sort of changed for you at that, when you were down seven strokes midway through the Open? Yeah, you know, I knew I was playing good and hitting good shots, but I, I just wanted to get really, really clear with uh, my visualization and my commitment. I thought I was doing a good job, and then I think on Saturday and Sunday I did a great job. I think I... I was just trying to get good pictures in my mind on what I wanted to do and just really have good commitment. And I really stepped up my level of, uh, of just good pictures and good commitment. I just kind of took it to another level, and it was, it was really great. That is the voice of Brittany Lang, your 2016 U.S. Women's Open winner. You can follow her on Twitter at BLangGolf. She joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Brittany, your thoughts when you were told that Anna Norquist had received the two-stroke penalty during the playoff? Oh, man. So many things went through my mind. Um, I wasn't sure what was going on. I didn't know. I thought I was getting a penalty because um, the guy was super, um, what's the word? He was just very Animated. serious. He <laughs> oh, was very serious, serious. and uh, businesslike. And so I was like, oh, my God, what did I do? And when I heard it come out of his mouth, I was like, oh, my gosh. 
Um, so I put my club back in the bag and said, okay, well, what do we have here? So Anna's putting for a bogey, you know, with the two-shot penalty. I just need to hit it on the green and two-putt. So I hit more club, hit it way to the right, and just actually had a little bit of a tricky putt. But it's really unfortunate that it came down to that. Was a good friend and a great player, and it, it stinks to really have it come down to something like that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it just was, I was like, oh my gosh, I can hit a wedge on the green and two putt, and I win the U.S. Open. I had to really, really fight back the emotions and really fight back thinking about that and really hit a couple good shots and get out of there. Yeah, yeah, no question. Let me take you back to 2005. As an amateur, you finished second at the U.S. Women's Open, and you've had some top, you've had three other top, I think a fifth place finish, a seventh place finish, so you've had some top ten finishes. You know, had that had that been weighing on you, even though you were an amateur at that time, boy, you were so close to winning the U.S. Open back in 2005 as an amateur. You know, um, I wouldn't say weighing. I think I always thought I would win a U.S. Open um, because I'm a really good ball striker, so I always thought I would win an Open. And uh, my putting starting to catch up with my ball striking, so it was, a, it was a really cool combination. But I wouldn't say weighing on me. I think more like the opportunity was there because I had played so good um, at U.S. Open. I, I don't know what it is about U.S. Opens, but I don't feel like I play as good as I can, but then I get in and the round, it's like a great round. It's really hard to explain, but it always seems to be the case couple of more thoughts Brittany we appreciate the time you mentioned in the post game uh, the, the the post game press conference that you felt like you had underachieved how so uh, because you, you you've you know you've been right there in a lot of tournaments I mentioned a couple of top 10 finishes over your career and does this win make you approach the way you now play differently yeah um, I I always I would say probably one of the most underachieving pros. Um, I just think I have a lot of natural physical talent, which I know most pros have. I get that. Everybody's the same. They're very talented. But I think I have a a lot of natural God-given ability, and I think um, my mind wasn't super strong mentally as far as being able to handle a pressure situation and being able to commit and really – have the mental discipline to do what I need to do to win and just been working really hard on it and it was so cool to see it see it come into fruition just do it it uh it shocked me but I just need to keep it fresh in my mind uh going forward to get a few more wins and then lastly Brittany and we appreciate the time of course we are here in the triangle you played two years uh at Duke you were ACC freshman of the year and then of course player of the year the next year what do you remember most about your days at Duke? Um, I loved my time at Duke so much. Um, I loved Coach Brooks, who I saw at Court of All. Um, I love my teammates. We had such a talented team. Um, I went to Duke because there were so many good players and I wanted to be pushed. But Duke's a beautiful place. It's a great school. It's a beautiful place. A lot of high achievers go there, so it's a good environment if you want to be successful because everybody's very focused. I liked it because it was a small school. You didn't feel like you could get lost. You really, you really felt like you could um, work on what you came there to work on. But um, it was a great opportunity. It was hard to leave, but I knew it was time to go out on the LPGA.
Your 2016 U.S. Women's Open winner is Brittany Lang. She is playing this weekend at the Marathon Classic in Ohio. Again, follow her on Twitter at BLangGolf as she joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Brittany, once again, congratulations. Continued success in all you do. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So there's your 2016 U.S. Women's Open winner, Brittany Lang, joining us here on the program. Can you believe that back in 2005, as an amateur, she finished second at the U.S. Open? And I, I know she mentioned that it you know, wasn't a, a situation where she was waiting for the opportunity to win it or, or thinking about what happened, I should say, back some 11 years ago. But, boy, that's got to feel great, especially to be able to do it at the U.S. Open and to get that first major victory. And she considers herself an underachiever but I, I you know I, I'm, I'm I think this win for her um, is huge and I think it gives her you know maybe a confidence boost to uh, continue on because if you look at some of the finishes I mean this is she won it and then she had she won the U.S. Open then she in her throughout her career has had three other top 10 finishes so um, and again the resiliency to pull through down seven strokes midway through and to be able to come back yeah she had a little bit of fortune but um I think when you're playing well as she did especially on Saturday uh it enables you to be able to get the fortune that you need sometime and uh, certainly Brittany Lang was able to get it done we're gonna wrap it up or get ready to wrap it up here on from the press box to press row boy I tell you football season right around the corner as media days are already already upon us and um what labor day weekend so i mean we are about about oh about a month and a half away or so from the uh, start of of uh, college football season definitely an exciting time but boy i I would say even this summer uh especially with the nba it's 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 been a a really good um you know it hasn't been boring uh in terms of from the, the sports side and you know, we hadn't talked as much uh, baseball here on the program, but uh, uh, in any event, um, you know, the boys of summer are in their second half of the season, and uh, so a lot more to come, but I anticipate, I just can't wait. College football season about a month and a half away, and uh, we got you covered here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Thank you to Brittany Lang for joining us on the program. Also to John Schneider for joining us. For more information on From the Press Box to Press Row, you can log on to our website at www.boxtorow.com, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W.com. Also, tell five friends about the show and how they can listen to the show each week on the station you're currently listening on also, follow us on Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DWKW. Check this one here for me and my DJ.
You can cha-cha-cha to this Mardi Gras. I'm the dopest female that you've heard thus far. And I do get better. The voice gets wetter. Nobody gets hurt. As long as you let her. Do my thing with an 89 swing. The dopeness I write, I guarantee delight. Until the hip-hop maniac, the uptown brainiac, in full effect, MC Light is back. And better than before, as if that was possible. My competition, you'll find them in the hospital. Visiting time, I think it's on a Sunday. But notice, they only get one day to shine. The rest of the week is mine. And I'll blind you with the signs that the others have yet to find. So come along and I'll lead you the right way. Just clap your hands to the words I say. Come on. Same time, I'll eat you up with a rhyme, but I like to slide.